0: So i worked the hardest and that's something that comes with football right like two guys are in a trash can like one of us is coming out it's gonna be me so that's kind of how I thought about it and that's how I approached everything that I did.
1: Welcome to the Court to Corporate podcast I'm your host Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at court 2 corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms these will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website thank you for tuning in let's get started be the ceo of your life and the captain of your career i just added on the captain of your career part but overall being active in how we shape our paths is often advice that we get so even though today's guest is just getting started, these two things are exactly how someone would summarize Solo Suse's career path to date. From two-time Ivy League champion at UPenn to growing his career at Citibank, today's episode is all about being active, intentional, and targeted in how we build our career path. On today's podcast, Solo is sharing some of the exact strategies that he leveraged to get to where he is today like compiling a spreadsheet of 200 plus names while at Penn to expand his network and land the internship. He's also sharing some insight behind the active mindset from football that he carries into shaping his career from the internship and now beyond into full-time. So I really feel that after listening to this conversation and advice on today's podcast, you'll walk away feeling more empowered to simply shoot your shot in your career. I know that at least I did. So before hopping in, as always, make sure to share your feedback, leave a rating or a review. Some of the things that we'd love to hear are what are some of your favorite episodes, who would you like to see on the show, or whatever else comes to mind. Feedback is how this thing grows. So here we go. Hopping right into it, here is my conversation with Solo Cisei. <music> So, welcome to another episode of the Court to Corporate podcast. Today we have Solo say, joining us, Warden graduate, two time Ivy League champion, and now doing his thing at Citigroup. So, thank you for joining.
0: Of course. Anytime. Thank you.
1: Of course. So, what's new in the city world? You just mentioned you started a new role this past June, July. So, how's that all going?
0: Yeah, it's going well. Um, so, I, uh, I started in sales and trading, and I started in sales. Um, I was on the high yield sales desk. So when you think of, you know, the cheesiest Wall Street movies, um, you know, back in the day, that's kind of where I started um, my journey on Wall Street. Um, I spent a year there and then I moved to uh, structured products, which is a little bit more analytical of a product um, Was in the sales role there. And then ultimately I'd done something right and got promoted into the associate program after my two years. Um, and they asked me to join the capital markets um, team uh, for structured products, and so it's more of an investment banking role, um, which wasn't necessarily what I came to Wall Street to do. But I'm happy I kind of ended up in it because um, I think over the time, the uh, pro- over the course of the program, I was able to figure out that I was a little bit more inquisitive, um, you know, about how we, uh, you know, originate these products, and so ultimately getting the opportunity to. work work with the banking team was uh you know quite one that i was really happy to get um but uh yeah so i just started moved over there um about a couple months ago um and so far things are smooth sailing but we'll see um come around this next week when i go back to the desk
1: of course congrats um so before we started you mentioned a little bit about your football upbringing and what led you to Penn. can you share more on that
0: yeah sure so i uh yeah i came um i'm from st louis missouri i didn't really start playing sports until i was in my teenage years like i picked up football at the age of 16 my sophomore year oh
1: um, wow yeah i I was
0: kind of late i didn't really do much i was a, I was a mama's boy i stayed in the kitchen all day a little fat kid um always <laughs> uh in the kitchen with my mom um, but then, uh, when I went to, uh, my high school, they require you to play sports because the school is just so small. And so, um, you know, with that, it was kind of one of those things where like, I was, I was going to do this, I was going to do it, um, to the best of my abilities. And luckily I was able to grow into my body and I got some help from, I guess, divine powers as well to kind of grow into a, a football player. And so I started playing, uh, my sophomore year, um, of, uh, high school and then ultimately, uh, I was given the, the opportunity to go play, uh, at the collegiate level. Um, the decision-making process was kind of stressful at that point because it was kind of bifurcated and that I wanted to play football at the highest of levels, um, because, um, you know, I really wanted to be challenged, but at the same time, um, I wanted to, you know, get a good education and my parents had sacrificed a lot for me, um, just growing up in general. So it was kind of trying to balance the two. And so hopefully, uh. I was able to make them proud and I was able to uh, get the opportunity uh, to come to the Ivy League and more uh, more specifically uh, the University of Pennsylvania, um, where I played uh, for four years on the football team um, and study at the Wharton School.
1: Sounded like the recruiting process, as it is for a lot of us, is definitely a balancing process and kind of evaluating what your priorities were, but can you tell us more about what specifically led you to Penn? You were at Warden while you were there. Was that a big part of it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think the way I kind of made my decision was uh, based off of how the uh, the recent track history of uh, the uh, track record of the football team. They had just won three out of the last four Ivy championships, so I wanted to be a part of um, a winning a winning franchise and then I uh, also really liked um, or at least I thought I, I liked uh, finance and so that's kind of what uh, led me to want to go there but I mean they were all great schools they were all great coaches like the thing about the Ivy League which is really was great is that all these guys recruit the same kids and so like when I would go to Dartmouth or I'd go to uh Cornell or go anywhere they the coaches would remember they were recruiting me not just a couple years earlier and so like it's kind of a a a really nice you know network to be a part of and there's not really any other college conference like it um generally you know across the country because it's just one of the most competitive conferences and that all the teams are somewhat evenly matched um and then uh, at the same time it's kind of like you know you get to really become the ideal student athlete. 100%.
1: I would definitely reiterate that it's small um, and that there's like a lot of overlap in terms of like who's recruiting who and who goes Mm -hmm. where. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of funny when you get to your senior year, you feel like you've known everyone that you've played against forever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned... The I mean I guess before you went in the team had won three out of the last four and you were able to be a part of that too. You won two championships while you were there. Yeah. Can you talk about that experience? You know, yeah. What was your role in the team? Yeah. looking Yeah. Yeah, of
0: course. So when I came to Penn, it was a it was a bit of a humbling time because when I came to Penn, I uh, I would I would say for lack of a better word, I was pretty overconfident in my abilities. Like I had just uh, came from high school, had a lot of success there. Um, was pretty highly recruited. Um, but then I came to college, and no matter where you go, it's just going to be different. You're not going to be the big guy um, anymore. You're not going to be the uh, you know, big fish in the fall pond. And so um, my freshman year, I was lucky enough to be one of the few kids that got to play. Um, so I got um, some significant playing time my freshman year and then even more my sophomore year. But those were probably the two worst years um, that we had. We were We won the Ivy League Championship um, my junior and senior year. Unfortunately, uh, in camp my junior year, I did my Achilles pretty badly. Um, and that kind of stunted the rest of my career there. Um, and so I'd say my role kind of changed a lot over the course cause it was kind of one of those things where like it had to be a humbling experience to, you know, want to really be in it for the sake of being with your teammates. And, you know, from, what would probably have been your breakout season or like your kind of, you know, coming out party turns into you being, you know, and like really embracing like the idea of being a role player, obviously coming back from injury is hard too. So that was hard um, within itself. But then when you come back, your role is just changed and kids, you know, come in and they like take, they come back, they come in, they get used to the system and it's kind of like, you know, whatever is best for the team's, the mentality. And so, it was definitely challenging at times, but I think it, you know, couldn't have prepared me for life better. Um, and I don't really have any regrets about it. But it definitely like my role in the earlier teams was great and like, um, I, think I got significant playing time, was able to like be on T V and like do all of that, which was good. But I think the most rewarding part of it was winning those championships and albeit my role was different, I'd say ironically, that was probably the most memorable part of the team.
1: What was your mentality during that time, like during your last two years, where your role shifted, like how were you thinking about different ways that you were able to add value to the team? Was that hard at first, or was it yeah. easy for you, given that you had played a lot so like you knew what people needed to hear, how you could support? Yeah, them? exactly.
0: I mean, I think it's tough because like I mean I could sit here and tell you that I was like very, very, very happy, a very happy solo for those two right. years. Like there was definitely some happy times where, exactly there were some times that <laughs> I was very challenging and frustrating because, um, you know, it was kind of like I felt like I'd given a lot to go there, um, you know, being able to go play in the FBS. It was kind of one of those things where I kept thinking about, like, you know, what if I would have decided to, you know, play my cards differently. But at the end of the day, um, you know, what I made the decision to come to Penn and, like, it became a family and it really was. And I stuck with it because of my teammates. And really that was the most important thing to me. Um, and so, like, coming in, like, I remember we had some – guys you know like uh, a couple of my teammates whom you know um you know came in year after me um and like just being a mentor figure to them and like kind of getting them prepared for not just football but like really academics life in general all that stuff was part of the culture that came with it so it wasn't necessarily a football decision it was like more of a life decision for me to stick with it and so my role you know on the field was mostly like teaching these kids what i knew and like you know just you know being a moral support and, you know, days that they had bad days, days that they had good days and kind of just, you know, relating from that point of view. Um, And then also, you know, when it came to, um, you know, the 40 years after the four, like just being able to be a resource to those kids um, who have come through. And so like, I'd say it's interesting because you asked like what your my role in the team was, but it's kind of like when you play sports, your role never really changes and like you have just a different role, but like I still have a role in that team. Um, to this day, um, which is nice, but I'd say that's kind of, like, the two ways I would think about it.
1: No, that's so real. I would say, like, your your role or, like, your impact and, like, mentorship is so often, like, off of the field or the court or whatever sport you play, um, so that's, that's super, like, powerful that you were, you were able to do that during your time at Penn, and it's not just those four years. It's it's ongoing. Um, so you mentioned you were able to help them on and off, um, also with academics and just being there. Can you tell us about what you were exploring outside of the football team during your four years?
0: Yeah. So I, uh, I really tried. So the way I'd say I did it was like my first couple years, football was entirely what I focused on. Um, and I, I think that was good and bad in several ways, but, um, I really bought into that. But then moving forward, I, uh, you know, started to get involved with a lot of, you know, different finance, um, you know, organizations on campus, whether it was Black Wharton or if it were, you know, the Investment Alliance, uh, you know, the Circle Trust football uh, finance group that we had. It was just really just trying to figure out, you know, for my own benefit, you know, what do I actually want to make of this education? Like, what are the applicable next steps that I could have? Um, you know, in terms of building out a career after this, because you know football is only going to be those four years, um five years max, if you're lucky. Um, and so the way I would think about it is, uh, for me, I uh, would go um, you know get involved and meet a lot of people you know, from that space and kind of just learn from you know their experiences. And I think that's what ultimately became the uh, became the biggest part of, you know my 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 time there. And I think the most significant part of it, um, was, you know, definitely getting the time to, uh, you know, understand a little bit more about the applic like the applications of the education that I was able to get, um, at Penn. So yeah, I'd say those clubs are the most important things. And also talking to alumni who would come back to the school, you know, very frequently and just kind of, you know, looking at these guys and being like, you know, do I want to be like that guy? Like, do I want to have his life? Do I like, you know, do I want to do what he does? Does he seem happy? And like kind of those things were uh, the things that I was able to focus on. And ultimately, like, when I talk to these kids coming through, that's kind of the things I have them ask. I I ask them because ultimately at these schools, right, like a lot of kids kind of have this idea of, like, this is what I want to do because this is what they think we're supposed to do with this education or whatever. But you really got to ask that for
1: yourself. Mm -hmm. So what – I mean, you mentioned your first two years were solely football. Yeah. What was like your first push or like was it somebody that stepped in and made you think differently? Was it a moment? Was it your injury? Like yeah. can you talk about yeah. like what what was that mindset? Yeah,
0: it was definitely the injury. It was definitely an injury. When you have a lot more time in the in the in the health rooms and the uh trainers or training rooms, focusing a lot more on trying to get back, you think a lot and so it was kind of one of those things where like um you know I started to focus a little bit more on like what I'd be doing you know that upcoming summer and like how I could make sure that this injury didn't derail me from doing what it is that I decided to do when I came here um it would have been great to like go to the next level and like I wouldn't I'd be lying to you if I didn't think that that would have been possible the first day that I walked on this on campus but um I think the way I was thinking about it is kind of like you know everyone has their own path and like um you know it takes time to reveal what's made for you and so that's kind of like how I was able to, you know, transition. And I was kind of like, I did everything I could to make sure that I would come back to the field. But um, more importantly, I wanted to make sure that, like, I, uh, you know, did everything that I could to uh, be prepared when the opportunity came to, you know, go do something, um, you know, post football. And ultimately, I also had a lot to do with, like, my parents and just thinking about them and all their sacrifices. And, like, ultimately, um, that gave me a lot of the uh, motivation to go try and figure that stuff out.
1: You mentioned that a big part of, like, learning what that would be was just learning from people and asking them about their experiences, which I think is so important. Someone just mentioned um, on the podcast recently that you should be building your yeah. board of directors. And I was like, I think that's, yeah, the, best, best that's the best way to say it. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, be intentional about, like, who you're talking to and who you want to learn to. Like, who's doing exactly what you want to do? Ask them those tough questions and, like, be straight up about it. Um, So, I mean, from that, like, what, how did you narrow down or learn about, like, what felt applicable to you um, and what you could actually pursue from all those interactions yeah. and, and lessons. Yeah. I mean, I think the way people. I thought about it is that
0: every single person that I met was an opportunity to try and get an understanding of like what it is that they do. And, Ultimately, I think just as valuable as it is to figure out what you do want to do and what you're interested in pursuing. it's equally valuable understanding you know what you don't want to do and like what you don't like about certain people's jobs and so like for me, a lot of times I see a lot of kids thinking that they're pretty fixated on say they want to do just finance and they focus on people from finance well that's like a whole you know, a whole group of people that you're completely shutting out, like, you know, maybe you should spend time talking to people who are in consulting or people that are even further away from that, people who spend time in medicine or law, because it's not necessarily something people come to school day one thinking about. And so, like, I think for me, I I started really wide and I started to understand, you know, the differences between the lives of people. And I started to subdivide those into smaller categories and then further subdividing. I was able to figure out, OK, finance is where I want to Focus and then there's even a lot of different um, subdivisions of finance which you start to learn and ultimately that's kind of you know how I how I thought about it it's like the board of directors is a great analogy but I think also just understanding you know what it is that you don't like is also very helpful in understanding why you don't like it and ultimately um, you know not necessarily thinking about oh, you know, I want to do this job. Here's why. I think it's like, this is what I like to do. This equals this job. Um, I think is how you should more so think about it. So not necessarily trying to make something fit, but trying to find something that fits um, what you're looking for.
1: Exactly, exactly. So what was that for you between your internships to where you are now? How did you take that you know, mentality that you were doing and, and, um, I guess refining of all the experiences that you have learned to understand like your first steps. Yeah, to I mean, I think
0: that. for me, I, I did a lot of self-reflecting. I did listen to a lot of people that do know you well, like, sorry to go back to the board of directors, but that's a great analogy. I think the way you think about it is the people that know you really well, can also tell you where you're going to be good at. Um, and so, I was able to, you know, speak to a lot of my mentors and they were able to tell me, you know, these are the certain qualities that make people good at this sort of profession, or, you know, this is what you need to do or need to have to be good at what I do. And, Ultimately, I was able to figure out that like I like talking to people, um, and and that's something that um, you know was always something that over time I was able to develop. And I think football actually played a large role in that because I was a pretty shy kid growing up. But I think football gave me a lot of confidence to be the person that I am today. So I'm very thankful for it. Um, but I think um, you know talking to people is something that I've always liked to do. Um, so something that was client facing. I like numbers, but not overly, overly like overly. <laughs> Um, you know, fixated on numbers, but I like the idea of thinking about problems analytically, and so I think, um you know, coming to finance is a pretty big way to start because it's a lot about you know being client facing and a lot of it is um, you know a lot of that stuff uh, applies to that role, and so that's kind of like how I was able to figure out. I did a lot of self-reflecting, and I had a lot of people do a lot of reflecting on me, um, in order to tell me, you know, kind of the qualities that I did have. And I was honest with myself and I think almost too much to a sense, um, because ultimately I ended up going into sales and trading, which is great. Um I was in sales, sort of very client facing, you're on the phones a lot, you talk to people, you gotta pitch yourself. Um, not only are you pitching, you know, ideas of like what people or, you know, what trades people should be putting on, but you're really pitching yourself and your services to Investors, um, in order to do business with you, and that's something that I found interesting and something I felt that I would be good at, um, almost to the point where like I've recently moved outside of sales into capital markets, and I, you know, was hesitant to try and do something like that because I wanted to rely on the things that I knew were good, um, or knew that there were strengths that I had. But I think um, sometimes it's a, a bit of a safety blanket in that you could really figure out that you're good at a lot of different things. You just got to kind of put yourself in the position to. Do that. And I think football also helped with that, being able to take some risks along the way. And so I think that's kind of a long-winded answer for like from college to now how I've thought about, um, you know, figuring out what it is that I would want to, you know, pursue or be passionate about.
1: Of course, it sounds like a lot of it was, um, I guess, the confidence that comes from playing your sport, almost um, that kind of translate to the ability to sell yourself um, in the workplace or or pitch your skill sets or why people should, yeah, should take exactly. your word or what you're trying exactly. to bring to the table. So talk to us about your internship at MasterCard. We yeah, so you there. Um,
0: MasterCard, that was a bit random. Um, I think I just wanted to do something that was like corporate finance at a, at some sort of corporate company. It's something that my mom had done in the past, and so it was pretty simple, like, it was more so just MasterCard, it's a widely known brand. Um, and then, you know, working as a financial analyst there was something that was um, appealing at the time. And um, it was one of those things that falls in the bucket of things I realized that I don't want to do. Like, I went there and I realized, like, week three, I was like, dang, this sucks a lot. And it was great. I enjoyed a lot. I tried to learn as much <laughs> as I could. Right. And I didn't, you know, use that as an opportunity to kind of just, you know, squander it. I really did try and learn as much as I could and met as many people as I could. And ultimately, uh, it, I figured out that it wasn't for me. But, um, you know, I ended up there because I was able to. Luckily, um, you know, find a job that was back home, MasterCard, and, like, there's a couple, you know, big organizations that are back in the St. Louis area, and that was one of them. So I was kind of able to target that, and ultimately it really helped um, me realize that, like, you know, it wasn't going to be corporate finance at a big organization that I wanted to, you know, focus on. Um, And so that's kind of how I ended up there um, and, like, what I was able to take away.
1: Coming back from that, how did you – pivot um I, I guess your next one was at city but like how are you managing those timelines and processes um from an interview yeah. standpoint like as an athlete was it hard bouncing it I guess while you were in season can you can you share more on that yeah
0: yeah I mean it was terrible um it was very tough <laughs> keeping but, it real. no I'm not gonna sugarcoat yeah it was terrible but I think the way I was able to do it was um you know I use my resources like I use them to a team I still do Um, I think, you know, when I was doing it, I went into this thing, we have this thing called QuakerNet, which is essentially like alumni database. And I created this massive Excel spreadsheet, and I took out got to be at least 200 names of people that worked in various industries and I'd I'd just shoot cool cold emails and I even did it a little bit further and I took a step and started because you could search for attributes and so I I did sports. So I did like football or like people that played basketball and like all these guys I knew that were gonna have like a little bit of a soft spot um, for you know somebody that went through what they did. And so I created this big master file and I was ultimately able to, you know, connect with somebody that worked at city and so it was like all the banks are pretty similar finance is pretty similar like city's a different place than goldman sachs or Deutsche or whatever it is but um nonetheless like the the job functions all the same similar like a coke or a pepsi right and so like i was able to you know connect with people and like i realized through meeting with uh, you know one person that i ultimately worked at a different bank but like they kind of you know got me keen on finance um you know uh, led me to uh, realize that, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I talked to people from, um, you know, various different walks of life. And so, you know, I thought about what it would be like to go back to school Would I want to pursue um, a law degree or something like that. And I spoke to a lot of people, but I think using my resources made it really easy um, to make something that's very difficult and can very well go difficult um, in a number of different ways. Uh, Cause you know, also, you feel like you're fighting an arm behind your back because at a place like Wharton, where everybody's fighting for that junior year internship, you don't have as much time. You don't have as much you know, room for error. And so that's kind of like what helped me find, um, you know, find people that could ultimately help me figure out what I wanted to do. And then in terms of getting the seat or getting the job, like, for me i knew i was not going to be the smartest person in the room like i knew i would work the hardest and that's something that comes with football right like two guys are in a trash can like one of us is coming out it's gonna be me so that's kind of how i thought about it and that's how i approached everything that i did um and so i uh you know i used that as motivation to you know really really hustle for that internship i wasn't gonna just apply and let it go like i wanted to make sure that somebody opened my email, responded to me and said, Hey, your interview is X, Y, and Z. Um, And that's kind of how I thought about it. Um, And I think that's what really ended up, you know, making me work at city because I was able to connect with somebody um, that recruits um, for a lot of uh, that recruits the school really heavily. And he, you know, he was the one that forced me in, like it was one of those things where like people are going to be your champions if they like you. And so, I fully, to this day, like, I know for a fact this guy brought me in. He said this kid needs an interview, and I was able to do well, and I knew that if given the opportunity, I would do well, and I had that confidence in myself, and it ultimately ended up working. But I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I was pretty active about doing it. I wasn't passive.
1: Mm-hmm. It's an active – that is literally what I was just going to say as you as you were wrapping up. It's like It's an active process. Like You were putting yourself out there. Can you tell yeah. us about those cold emails really quickly? Like, what would you say to people? Like, oh my gosh! Oh like, my what was your one? You know, it's crazy.
0: It's crazy because if I if I if I read those back to me, like I I would probably be I'd cringe. Like I right, remember someone right. when I started that city, they were like, um, they were reading going to my emails to the to the group of people that were around. I was like, oh my gosh, you're about to blow <laughs> me up stop. like this. But like <laughs> some of them were bad, and you learn over time, and that's what's great. Like I mean, one of them was. I remember I used like the line of like oh you know like I worked in corporate finance and I'm not spending this, but I'd like to take my talents to like finance and people like who like so you wanted are you LeBron? I got so much uh, I got so much stuff for that but um, yeah no it was uh, it was good but like uh, the emails would just be you know along the lines of I think the tips that I would use is that you got to come off hungry and they got to be able to feel that when they read the email but then they also want to feel that like they want you like I think a lot of people they want like to talk about themselves so like asking them about their careers and like how they were able to get to where they are not only for your own useful information like it's only to yourself benefit to ask um, but also just naturally people are going to be more likely to engage in that way and then also you know just making targeted purposeful emails right like I was able to put an email, uh, put something on the email that allowed them to realize that it came from me solo, right? Like I'd be like, you know, I I noticed that you graduated in football uh, from Penn in 2005. Um, I'm a 2017 member of the football team. Something like that was able to make me identifiable and easy. Um, It also helped from the fact that like, I look the way that I do and I also have the name that I do. Right. So like, I think it helped a lot. Um, But I think kind of those emails, the biggest steps we're trying to, do it purposefully. A lot of kids send emails randomly, and there's nothing really um, noteworthy of them, and it makes it very hard for you to understand anything or for you to remember to be memorable. And I think that's the most important thing. Um and so whether it was sending twelve emails to be really aggressive and be uh, rem- memorable in that way, or you know just being really smart with the way that you say things. Um, uh, Is kind of my, uh, my tips on like how I was able to make those emails get better over time.
1: Of course, of course, you got to lead with what differentiates you because they don't know unless you say it right. Like it can't be, I guess, yeah, a exactly. game. so you just got to put it out there. Um, so to that point, you, after that internship, you were one of the first campus ambassadors for city at Penn, um, Tell yeah. us about that experience. You know how it originated, but ultimately, what what advice were you sharing with students? Like, what would be some of the top two things that you would share back with students after your internship?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was the first campus ambassador, basically the program was they had somebody that would be on campus. They thought that you know one of the hardest things about working in finance is getting talent to come to your bank. Right. It's similar to you know if you're at Yale, how do you get kids to go there instead of going to Harvard or Dartmouth or something like that? And so they thought of this program called the Campus Ambassador Program where they'd have somebody who just worked at City for the summer come back and be the best resource to those kids in terms of, you know, being boots on the ground in terms of, you know, this is what you need to do to get the job. This is what my experience was like that. Just basically great advertising for, you know, City on campus. And so um, they actually asked me to do it. They had uh, a bunch of interviews, but I think the way I was able to do it is every single day that I walked into the office, um, I made sure that my presence was felt one way or another. And I think I was just purposeful in the way that I did it. It's very much so the little things. Like when there's a hundred kids interning at the bank, like I wanted them to think like when they thought about the interns from the class of 2016 or a class of 2017 or whatever it is that they thought of solo because they were just like that kid was in the front row every single day, he asked the question, He was very, you know, purposeful with the way that he moved. He followed up. He networked. He was very, you know, hardworking, but also at the same time thankful for the opportunity to be there. Like, I think that's something that speaks to people a lot, because I think, especially when you come from kids from, you know, Ivy League schools, as great as they are, a lot of times these kids come in entitled. um, And that's honestly the first thing that I tell a lot of kids is kind of like, you know, It just because you went to Yale or just because you went to Harvard, not to drag you guys (laughs) or whatever. Just because you went to uh, I'll say just because you went to Columbia, right or whatever, it doesn't mean that you know everything. And you need to be aware of the fact that like everybody around you might have that. Like everybody around you has a different perception of what that means. And so like as great as it is, like someone like myself might be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You went to Wharton, you must know your stuff. Or like another person might be like, Oh, this guy is super entitled because of the previous experiences they had with people from Wharton. So like the way I thought about it is that you just have to make sure that um, no matter who you're talking to um, and stuff like that, you, uh, you know, you, you, you get rid of all levels of uncertainty. And so um, ultimately I was able to do that over the course of summer people. uh, I ended up being well-liked, Thankfully, um, I was able to fool them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, like, I was able to do a decent job, and then they asked me to be a part of uh, a campaign. And so I actually got to film a small commercial for City, um, which was fun, too, as well, out of all the class, uh, kids in my class. So it was uh, it was great. I was able to be, like, somewhat of a little bit of a poster child um, coming in, which was great. Um, But it was ultimately something that helped you know propel my career even further.
1: Made the most of that. May have launched a modeling career, a TV co- career from that too. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, Talk about maximizing. So with that said, yeah, I mean it's very clear you you made your impact during the summer. How are you carrying some of these things with you now? Now that you're full time, what are you carrying with you from I guess the confidence that football gave you to go and attack that in the first place that you see now bringing in on your day-to-day?
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing I'd say is when you come into work, you're essentially the lowest of the low because right? you're there full-time, right? Like when you're an intern, they don't really expect you to know anything, but that's fine. They kind of just want to see how you know, passionate you are about doing what it is that we do and then ultimately um, doing a good job showing that you're interested. Um, but when it comes to being you know an analyst when you come in, like your job is to actually be good and add value to the team, Um, And so for me, I think the way that I was able to do that is I kind of approached the job differently. I thought that, you know, ultimately there's a difference between being a good analyst and being a junior, whatever role you're in. Right. So like, for me, example, I was in sales, like I could have been a great analyst. Like, that's great. Like I will do all of the operational stuff that helps us do what we do, which is great. That's definition of your job. But I think thinking about it, like looking to the person to your left, looking to the person to your right and emulating what they do and ultimately being, you know, what they are Um, and being a junior salesperson is kind of what my goal was. And I think when you put that goal and you set it um, as something that you're striving for, it really does help pay dividends and you being able to achieve that goal. Um, And so I think, you know, just striving to be, you know, just striving for the best. And I, and I don't know how, clear that might be because you know banks have pretty different uh terminology and stuff for what all that means but basically the concept is that like just because you're the youngest person in, doesn't mean that you can't really affect change just like the people that are to your right and to your left and so for me like that confidence is something that ultimately helped in in something like a client-facing role like you know if i'm trying to pitch somebody a like a trade right like if i'm talking to somebody who's been doing this for 20 years what incentive do they have to believe me As to, you know, what I do and I have to know my stuff that well, I have to be that well calculated, I have to be that well um, versed and that well prepared. Um, And I think being prepared is like the ultimate thing. And so, um, you know, as a young person, as a young African American person or something like that, you have to be really collected um, in order to uh, be able to, you know, really achieve that at a high level. So that's kind of how I focused on it.
1: Of course. And to bring back the board of directors thing, how... I mean, early on in your career, how are you approaching, I guess, mentorship in the workplace, both at city, outside of city? Are you thinking about it the same way? Are you, um, I guess, being as pointed or um, reaching out to as many people? Like, is that still important to you right now?
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's more important, I think, as a young person, like uh, just having the connections, like people come and go at a bank and people come and go in various careers, and I think it's important to just have a big network and not only just for the, like, what can it get you, but, like, I think it's one of those things where, like, if you buy into it and, you yeah, know you are a point of, you are on the board of directors for somebody else, like that could help pay you dividends in a way, and, like, I think it's just more so of, like, a, um, a big, uh, a big network just generally for both sides. And I think the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And so like, I've definitely you know, kept up with a lot of people and not even just for what can I get out of it, but just to be truly thankful for a lot of the things that people have done for me. Um, cause I do really believe in the idea of like, you know, divine inter- intervention and stuff like that. And I think it really does matter how you treat people, um, in the way that you move and stuff. So I think, um, you know, I was very, I was very, very keen on being, um, very thankful, um, to all the people that, uh, had, uh, you know, provided me with help along the way and choose to give it, give it forward or pay it forward every single day that I should, that I can. Um, so I'm pretty involved with recruitment still at city, um, and, and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely one of the things where like, I think it's a two way street.
1: Of course, of course. Um, so to finish up, You mentioned in the beginning that you still feel that you're a part of giving back to Penn football, both on and off the field. What advice would you have for athletes on the team right now, or just student athletes in general that are interested in pursuing a path that's similar to yours? What can they do right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the way that you do it, um, I think the best way to go about it is, to be honest, you need to be really aggressive. Um, It's got to be something that you really care about. And I think the people that ultimately are able to make it um, are the people that really buy into it and people that are really, really interested in doing it, not for just the idea of what it means, but because they're truly interested in it. I think one, you know, step one, is this something you truly want to do? Like don't do it just because everybody at Wharton goes to work on wall street their junior year, right? Like you need to really figure out if it's something for you, because if it's something that you're not truly passionate about, it will eat you up because it's very difficult and there's a lot of different like career fields that are very difficult, not just finance, but if you do something just because it's status quo, it'll be something that's very hard for you to maintain and something that ultimately you won't be happy doing. So I think that's step one too, is you got to figure out how you are going to get there and every single day you got to be thinking, you know, is there anything that you could do to just get you that much closer to getting towards your goal? And so for me it was that sheet I was putting on a name on there every single day and I was sending out an email at least every single day and hopefully setting up a call and learning more about it and if I didn't get an email back, you know, not necessarily being incessant, but like, you know, following up in a very, very, you know, polite way, not necessarily, you know, hey, did you see this email? But more so just like Hey, so-and-so, just underst- understanding that you're, you know, quite busy, but I just wanted to check back in here and hopefully see if we could connect. And, like, honestly, the way that you say things is so much more important than what you say. Um, and so I think that's kind of, you know, the next step. And then ultimately it's, like, when you get in the room, you got to be confident. Um, you got to be able to believe in yourself. And, like, if you made it this far as a student athlete, um, you know, at Penn, at Wharton, especially anywhere – um you know you are able to you know really deal um with just about anything you know football is hard but life is also hard and i think you're really well prepared and that's for any sport or any school or anything really like that so i think those are probably like the three-pronged approach i would say um to anybody um that was in my shoes in terms of how they could uh get there
1: All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts, DM us, or contact us on our website. Whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.